We interrupt this football coaching search for some basketball. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Syracuse Basketball Post Game, presented by Krause Health, the exclusive health care provider for SU Athletics. Brent Dax, Mike Waters, we're here at the JMA Wireless Dome, where Syracuse just pulled out a pretty impressive 80-57 victory over LSU. The Orange are now 5-2 and two on the season, and ready or not, here it comes. ACC play, first of the season, will be Saturday against Virginia. Not that Syracuse hasn't had a tough run of opponents in Maui. LSU, uh, Mike, we'll, we'll see how LSU ends up uh, down the road here. But nonetheless, it's a nationally televised game. It's the ACC-SEC Challenge. I did walk by SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey on the way into the media room, and I did resist the urge to chant ACC, ACC, ACC. Greg Sankey with uh, many uh, Central New York roots, for those that did not know that. Mike, it was the Judah Men show, and Chris Bell tried to work his way onto that stage as well. Judah with a career-high 33 points tonight. Chris Bell had it working from the three-point line, six of eight. Showed some other uh, aspects of his game out there tonight. 20 points for him, and uh, when you got those two leading the way with that, you didn't really need much from anybody else, though there were a couple other contributions that we'll mention. There were, but it was really uh, Judah Mintz's night. He he. he... He took over the game. He was the guy that was fueling the offense for a large section of the night. He had 17 points in the first half, and then he comes out and he scores Syracuse's first 12 in the second. You know, and at that point, he's got 29 points, and the LSU had 34. So, you know, he, he was doing a good job just, you know, one on five there, but it, it was typical Judah play, really aggressive, attacking the basket. He finishes with 13 free throws on 15 attempts. Both those figures are career highs for him. And this is a guy we've been saying all season long. He goes to the basket. He draws contact. He creates fouls. He's going to get points at the free throw line. And tonight he was just doing that to an extreme. I think our friend and colleague Donna DeToto is going to write about this a little bit. She asked you a really good question in postgame. Like, can you sense what kind of game it's going to be in terms of being called? Yeah, Roger Ayers is in the building. He could be a pretty predictable official, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think Judah, as just a sophomore, Mike, can get a sense of that. He knows how they call in the game. And there are times Judah can kind of take it in the paint, and it's kind of like that Michael Scott quote where he's like, sometimes I just start talking and I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth and I don't know where the sentence is going to go. But, Mike, I saw a more controlled Judah Mintz tonight. I thought he took better shots tonight. When it's rolling, you let him go in that case. He had 29 points at halftime, but then I think he handed his bottle of secret stuff to Chris Bell, who really got it in gear in the second half, Mike. And, you know, we sit there and we watch Chris Bell. He has his good nights. He has his bad nights. This was one of his great nights. And what I was impressed with, Mike, is how quickly Chris Bell got his shots off from three-point range. He was feeling it. And 20 points later with 17 of those, I believe, in in the second half. 17, second half, yes. What a game for him. And this shows what he can contribute to this team on a night-in, night-out basis. Yeah, Chris Bell finishes with 20 tonight. Uh, the first 18 were all on three-pointers. He ties his career high with six made threes. And you, know, you were talking about them as, you know, being good shots and being open. It's because his teammates are looking for him. When you got guys like Judah Mintz who are driving all the time, eventually they're sucking those defense, you know, the defensive players to them. Adrian Autry mentioned this in his postgame comments that early in the game, LSU was out. They were extending on the perimeter and they were making it tough to get shots. But as the game kept progressing and Judah was just successful time after time at driving and getting in there, eventually you see the LSU defenders peeling off their man, you know, giving them a little room, trying to help. 
uh, as Judah's driving to the basket, Chris Bell gets those threes. And it was right after Judah did uh, score those first 12 points of the second half. And then I think Quadir scored on a drive. And then it was Chris Bell from three, Chris Bell from three, Chris Bell from three. I mean, he was on a heater. Uh, they kept feeding him the ball. Good night for Chris. Uh, he, you know, he did miss a few threes late in the game, but still six made three pointers. And I think it was on 10 attempts. Really good night. It was a good night. Pardon me one second. Got to pop in the headphones there. Okay, we're good. I don't want to go too he far down the road. Anyway, uh, we were good. I'm, I'm just. I'm going to let him go with that. I'm just going to let him go with that line. Self-deprecating right here. Mike Waters, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to go too far down the road in the pod, Mike. Look, Bell and, and Judah were the show. But then you get a guy like Malik Brown. He's cleaning up the glass. What, do you end up with 10 rebounds tonight officially? They took officially? away. Oh, they did. He had 10. I we, thought he had 10. Yeah, on the scoreboard, they had him with 10 at the end of the game. In the final uh, book, which I'm holding right here, he has nine. Which either I really way. hate it because we all love nice round numbers, right? Exactly. Yeah. But either way, he was so instrumental because you look up in the first half, and here's another case where Syracuse kind of had to find its way in the first half before dominating in the second half. LSU at one point is up 25-14 in the rebounds, 13-4 to on offensive glass. Malik Brown slowly but surely kind of turned that number around. Syracuse really got it going on the boards, and man, whew, Two of 22. That was LSU's mark from three-point range tonight. Mike, how much of that was just LSU couldn't get it going, and how much of that was Syracuse really focusing on their defense and harassing them into that bad shooting number? I thought Syracuse played good defense. I don't know if it was force your opponent into two of 22 shooting from three-point range defense. I mean, LSU did miss some open shots. They're, they were there. But, you know, Jim Beheim used to always say this. Sometimes... If you're playing really good defense and you've made it tough for a team for a while, that when they do finally get that open shot, it's somewhat tougher. You know, because they know that at this point in the game, they're one for eight or one for nine. It's been tough. They get an open look. They're not in rhythm. And you can, and you, so you still miss. You mentioned Malik Brown. Adrian Autry, something else he said about Malik Brown. I love this. Malik Brown doing Malik Brown things. Yes. Doing the dirty work. You know, he. I think he finishes with seven points. We know he's not really a, a, a big offensive threat guy. He he, he lives off of the, the assists and, and the help of his teammates. He, he knows where to be around the basket. He catches the pass. He gets the dunk. But those rebounds you talked about were big. He's so active with his hands on defense. I, I don't know if he got a rebound every single time, but there were a few times where he just kept a ball alive coming off the offensive boards. He would tip it out. There was one time where he saved one from going out of bounds. Just really good hustle plays. He's just so active. He plays with a lot of energy. I liked a couple of quotes from Autry tonight. He did call this the best game of the year from his perspective, and I think it's hard to argue against that. When he described a Chris Bell, ball finds energy. I like that. I, like I, I like never that. heard that one. That, that, that made me smile. That was a good one. Autry really emphasizing defense and rebounding. He said the team kind of hated him when they got back from Hawaii. And that was a big question, Mike. You go to Hawaii for three days. It's a long flight. He played two intense games. Shamanad kind of gave you a break in that last game in Hawaii. But you just never know how you recover from jet lag. Well, Autry, after a day off when they got back, had him in the gym, 
Uh, Judah Mintz mentioned they practice five times in three days, 6.30 in the morning. You're just trying to get back on Eastern time as much as you possibly can. And uh, no sign of jet lag out there tonight. This team was ready. They were intense and probably one of their better defensive and rebounding efforts of the year as Autry wanted to see. Mike, want to get some uh, thoughts in from our Syracuse Sports Insiders, and I'm going to pop it on the screen here for our friends that are not Syracuse Sports Insiders. Why not? Don't you want to text me anytime you want? Get insider access when we broke the news that Syracuse was finalizing a contract for Fran Brown to be the new head coach, the Syracuse Football Orange. You know who heard that first, Mike? The people that follow you on your texts. Syracuse Sports Insiders. They heard it first, folks. 315-847-3895. Try it free for two weeks. It's just $3.99 a month. After that, it's a latte, man. I'm worth a latte, right? Skip a latte one day so you have all the insider access that you get being a Syracuse Sports Insider. So, Mike, a few texts from our friends on the text line. Sam says, I know you're going to ask post-game feelings after this one, and I'm just going to give mine right now. Judiments is out of this world. Rick G says, I wish I was in the Dome tonight. They look great so far. Playing together better than I've seen them play. Go Orange. Now, Rick, you wish you were in the Dome. I don't think you wish to come with Mike and I and clean off the probably seven or eight inches of snow that's out there on the car. First big snowstorm of the year in Syracuse. Happy everybody forgot how to drive in the snow day, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, I was on 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 a radio station this afternoon, uh, a radio station in Baton Rouge. And they couldn't get over the fact that the high today was 30 degrees. And I'm like... (laughs) 30 degrees is good. At 30 degrees on winter, the sun was out early this afternoon. There's a little snow. No big deal. Guys, it's not the temperature. It's the precipitation out there. Uh, <laughs> Gary says, Brent, my love-hate relationship with Chris Bell is a borderline unhealthy. He never gets back on defense. He doesn't rebound. Mm. And every 10-3, he takes an air ball. But when a stroke is on, it's as delicious as Thanksgiving pumpkin pie. Kyle says, uh, how can coach get J.J. going offensively? And, Mike, you know, Autry said that. He's like, look, you're just not going to have 30 good games a season. When Judah's got it going, Chris Bell eventually, there's just going to be nights when J.J. has to lay out a little bit. That being said, I think it's a fair observation to say, what is J.J.'s role offensively? He's not really getting it going from the outside. He's kind of trying to find himself out there. We've seen it, how quick he can get to the basket. I just think it was a bad night, and when Judah's rolling like that, you, you just let him roll. It was a really rough night for J.J. There's no doubt about that. He, you know, he struggled to score. He missed all of his shots. He over 0 of 6 from the field. He, he's struggled all year long from three. Uh, coming into today's game, he was 1 of 16 from three-point range. I don't know what he went tonight. I know he didn't make one. Uh, so, you know, he's still one for whatever. You know, when Judah is going well, he's ball dominant. Ball's going to be in his hands. And when he drives, what's the best thing he does? Well, he can either dish to Malik or Naheem, who are inside, to finish something up. Or he's looking to dish to a shooter. That's Justin or Chris. Dishing to J.J. when J.J. is struggling from three-point range doesn't help J.J. a lot. And, you know, so J.J. is going to be similar to Judah. He needs to drive to the basket, too. He's not finishing quite as well as Judah right now, but I think that can come because he's a big, strong guard. We know he can do it. This was a bad night, but you know what? He could turn around and have a really good night against Virginia on Saturday. We'll see. 
couple more from our friends on the Syracuse Sports Insider line. Brent, Jeff from Twitter, very happy the team found some other options in the second half, but hoping these slow starts by every other player not named Judah don't become a trend. Syracuse escaped an even more offensively challenged team tonight, but I could see finding ourselves in a big hole against somebody else. P.S. What's with Taylor lately? Ice cold shot, and I fear it's leading to reckless passing. Hope he gets it right soon. It's funny, Mike, because early in the game, Justin Taylor had a really sharp pop and stop three, and I even turned to you. I was like, whoa, that was a very confident shot. I think I, I think I hexed him in that case because, yeah, it, it, it didn't flow after that. He had two real big struggles in Hawaii, recovered against Chaminade. So I think he's starting to get some more defensive attention, just trying to find a shot, trying to find his way out there. You know, maybe a little bit. You know, I just checked the box. He was two of five from three-point range. He'll take that. Yeah, you want him to be that perimeter shooter. Now, he, he's not quite there with some of his mid-range shots. And it's tough right now. Remember, he's playing power forward right now. And so he's got to a think bigger about, guy. Yeah. yeah, he's got bigger guys guarding him. I mean, today, the guy guarding him was six foot ten. So it kind of stands to reason that when he's in the mid-range and closer, he was going to have a tougher time tonight. But doing the job that he's going to be normally assigned to do is make threes. Two for five is good. That's 40%. I'll also cut Justin a little bit. He, he, a few turnovers tonight. He, it, it was tough for him on defense, too, because, again, he's guarding the six foot ten Jalen Reed kid. Jalen was getting some rebounds in there, especially on the offensive end. But Justin ends up leading the team in both rebounds and assists. Okay. Sorry, Jeff. You were wrong about that I'm one, buddy. Jeff's not necessarily <laughs> wrong, but, you know, I, could, box, I know Jeff a little bit, so I can break his chops. The score does extend beyond the shooting line and the point line. And you need guys like that that, when they're not scoring points, can do something else for you. And so I, I thought actually looking at that part of Justin's night kind of makes me think he's growing as a player because last year he would not have led the team in rebounding or assist on any night. Saw a little better ball movement out there tonight. Uh, Coach Autry talked about the defense intensity. You're not going to have and you don't want the intensity of the second half of the Colgate game because that was your backs are against the wall and you've got to play like that. But if you play in sync in the way, take a little slice of that, as we saw at times tonight, you get a result. That's again, we'll see how good LSU ends up being, but that's a, an SEC primetime game where Syrac after going to Hawaii and, and struggling against two really good teams, you know, Syracuse showed out on a Tuesday night on national TV. A couple more from you guys. Dan P says, I was impressed by the defensive intensity. Speaking of which, even Bell was locked in. He does have a question. This team has elite athletes at every position. Is rebounding effort or coaching? I heard for years that Syracuse couldn't rebound because they played zone, but it seems to be more than that. Uh, the art of rebounding, Mike. It certainly is effort. It certainly is positioning. It's squaring up. Uh, Listen to Dennis Rodman. He just wanted the ball more, and he would run over his grandmother to get there. So it's it, it's an art, not a science in a way. And I think Malik Brown was an example of just get after it, get some uh, follow-up rebounds, and just mix it up under there, and people are going to get out of your way and, and let him do his thing. And Syracuse ends up out-rebounding uh, LSU on the night. I mean, yes, I know the start, uh, the first half was rough. Uh, LSU had a commanding lead on the boards. Part of that was, you know, they were missing three-pointers and the rebounds are going all over the place and they were getting them. That, that was a little bit frustrating. I will say that at one point though, I, I think it was at halftime, LSU had a huge margin on the boards, but only four second chance points. So the ball was bounding, but, but Syracuse was resetting the defense. I think that's partly because you're in a man-to-man. -man. You're still near your guy. 
Uh, so we'll see how they do that. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm not going to make any proclamations off of one game against LSU because the, the performances on the boards in Hawaii against Tennessee and Gonzaga are still fresh in my mind. It, we're still just seven games into a very long season. Uh, let, let's see where we're at in, in maybe another week and a half to two weeks after we've seen them go to Virginia, play a tough Georgetown team, play that Oregon game out in South Dakota. It's still November. <laughs> I've lost all sense of time after that coaching search and all the work we put in on that and the snow uh, driving in today. It's still November. There is still so much basketball to be played. John S. mentions that ball movement was much better. Passing the ball creates opportunities. Mike V. says can't jump to too many conclusions because Bell was red, heart, red hot, pardon me, but they definitely moved the ball a lot better. That seems to be a common theme from the textures, Mike. In the second half, and that resulted in a whole lot of good things. In the first half, Judah carried this team, but in the second half, they did a lot of good things. The margin of victory, simply two guys on fire, but Syracuse was definitely the better team, and that feels good. The next game will tell us a lot. And on that note, we will end with this comment from Randy from our texters. Good win tonight. On to the root canal. That is Virginia. Boy, he is not kidding. Virginia's defense, uh, the baseline defense under Tony Bennett, uh, it is tough to score against Virginia. We'll see. It's a reshaped team. There's a lot of new faces there. They lost some guys. They still might have the best on-the-ball defender in the ACC in Reese Beekman. Uh, really tough kid. Uh, Ryan Dunn's playing well for them. Uh, yeah, Root Canal. That's a really good way to put it. Kudos to that texter or your inside sports follower. Shout out to Randy. And, Mike, look, a seasoned veteran team of seven seniors would really have their patience tested against this Virginia defense and the way Virginia plays, let alone a young team like this. Yet another big test. And a couple of players were talking about this afterwards. What playing those games in Maui, the tough game against Colgate, a brand-name team, an SEC team in LSU, get you ready for Virginia? You've had these tougher non-conference schedules, particularly in the last 10 to 12 years, because you've got to show the committee you're playing teams four months out of the year and not just two months out of the year. When we looked at the schedule, Mike, we said, okay, hottest fire makes the strongest steal here. I feel like they, in one way, go into this game as ready as they can be. But, man, it's kind of like in football when Paul Johnson used to run that triple option. You can watch film until your eyes bleed, right? Yep. But once you get on the field, it's a tougher thing. And that's Virginia. You can prep for it. You can coach. You can go against film. You can lean on people that have done it but you've got to get out there and taste it and, and make that adjustment right on the court as it goes yeah back when i covered uh, boxing a little bit more the the phrase was everyone's got a plan until they get hit <laughs> yeah everyone's got a plan against virginia until you get out there and you see how those guys lock in on you and they just make it so hard to get a guy open make it just so hard to move yeah, judah mince i mean is he going to get into the lane into the basket as easily as he has uh again some of these games this year it's going to be It'll be tough. Uh, but, you know, I've seen Syracuse go into Virginia and pull out a win uh, here and there. Buddy Beheim had a really good game there about three years ago. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see where everybody's at here. And, um, you know, it, it, the other thing, too, is we have to remember, this is a conference game. Just because it's thrown in here in early December, I, there, there's a, when I start looking at the schedule, I really focus on non-conference and then conference. And I want to try really hard not to – count this game in the non-conference portion of the schedule and we'll see how it goes but you know at the end of the year this is just going to be a, a, a conference road game and you got 10 of them and I got a little story later this week about the relevance of playing uh, Virginia on the road 
and, and, and what it can mean for Syracuse and something Syracuse hasn't done in about three years. And that, kids, is what you call a plug. So be looking out for that <laughs> on Syracuse.com. Let me plug the Syracuse Sports Insiders one more time before we go. 315-847-3895. What you want to do is text the word orange to that number. You will get a two-week free trial. It's just $3.99 a month after that. Thank you, Mike, playing spokesmodel here. Appreciate that. And it's you can cancel any time, right? I mean, how dare you if you do? But you can cancel any time. It's been an amazing run with the coaching search, with basketball starting. You guys have offered up so many amazing questions, opinions, and thoughts. Just the ones we read on the show were terrific. But... I, man, there was probably about 20 I couldn't get to on the show. That's how good Look, you guys see? have been going. There, it's I'm right here. See? Right, right there. there. That's one of Brent's texts. That's Mike right there. Mike is a subscriber. We do, it's for real. Hey, look, you it's and right I are going to be doing a pod, live post game from the Dome. That's the last thing I got from That's you. how we found out he was doing the podcast. He got a text from me, and I was sitting <laughs> five feet away from him back there in the press room. Well, thanks for joining us for Syracuse Basketball Post Game, ladies and gentlemen, presented by Krause Health, the exclusive health care provider for SU Athletics. Nice win for the Orange tonight. They take down LSU 80-57. to We will join you next time after the Orange take on Virginia and, of course, the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Stay tuned for that. We've had a lot of episodes this week with all the developments on the football coaching search, and they now know who the coach is. So we're going to tell you a lot more about Fran Brown as the days come. But thank you for watching and listening tonight. We'll catch you next time, guys.